Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Utah Patients Coalition, which is leading a ballot initiative campaign in support of medical marijuana, says that right now Utah patients battling cancer, seizures, and other life-threatening conditions must break the law in order to relieve their pain and suffering. By passing the medical cannabis ballot initiative, they say Utah can end this cruel and unjust policy. A recent poll published by UtahPolicy.com shows that 77% of Utahns strongly or somewhat favor access to medical marijuana. And it appears very possible that this measure will appear on the November ballot in Utah. Representative Brad Daw, Republican from Orem, says, When I poll my constituents, they want medical cannabis, but what they want is a carefully controlled program, not the wide-open program the initiative is sponsoring. Governor Gary Herbert says, I don't support the current ballot initiative because it poses a host of unintended legal and law enforcement issues. Representative Dow sponsored two bills, which passed the legislature recently. They were signed by Governor Herbert. House Bill 195 gives terminally ill patients a so-called right to try medical marijuana. And House Bill 197 gives the state a monopoly on marijuana cultivation, processing, and sales of medical cannabis. We're going to talk about this uh, subject today. Uh, later in the program, we'll be talking with uh, Michelle McComber, a CEO of the Utah Medical Association. And uh, right now we bring in Representative Brad Da, Republican from uh, Orem. Representative, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, we should note here at the top, we uh, did reach out to proponents of the initiative. We were unsuccessful in uh, booking them for today. So if you support the initiative, we're depending on you to call us and or email us uh, to, to bolster your side. Uh, whatever your opinion, we encourage your participation in the program. Here's how you reach us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, toll-free number. Or the email is upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. So, Representative Dye, I quoted you uh, in the introduction there. You say your constituents do want medical marijuana? Yeah, they do want some access to the medicinal benefits of, of uh, marijuana or cannabis. That's, uh, I think that's a given with anybody. When you, uh, when you do it the right way, most people get on board with it and understand that you're trying to help people. So, yeah, that, that I would say that's a true statement. And so I quoted the Utah Patients Coalition. They're running this initiative. Uh, they say, they mentioned cancer, seizures, um, other mm-hmm. conditions, and that right now, um, you, you know, you have to break the law to get the medicinal benefits of marijuana. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure they would say that, uh, that the bills that you ran uh, don't go far enough. What, l- let me concentrate on that. House Bill 195, right to try medical marijuana. What, what would that do? Or what will that do? Well, that uh, yeah, that allows full strength cannabis for uh, terminally ill patients. And I, I do want to interject. You really need to talk about Senate Bill 130 as well, since that uh, uh, that actually uh, provides quite a bit of access. So, but 195 okay. is for terminally ill patients. All right. Uh, so, Senate Bill, uh, what was it again? Senate Bill 130. Uh, so, tell me about that. Senate Bill 130. It essentially legalizes cannabidiol, and and we define or CBD. We define CBD as as uh, anything with a up to a, a ten to one ratio of CBD to THC. So it can have some THC in it, but not to the level where it causes the uh, uh, compound to become psychoactive. Mm-hmm. But that will be available for over the counter access. Uh, uh, by the middle or end of this year, and 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 that is directly uh, addressable to seizures, to uh, uh, many forms of pain. A lot of the conditions that uh, have been mentioned, uh, not all of them, but a lot of them will be addressed by basically uh, having a, a regulated uh, and registered uh, substance available over the counter in the state. Uh, so that does uh, address many of the conditions that are mentioned in the initiative. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, what are your concerns then with the initiative? Uh, the initiative is just a gateway to recreational. That's all it is. If you look at it, um, it it's really nothing to do with medicine whatsoever. I mean, the fact of the matter is, you, uh, just just to walk you through what a patient's experience would be under the initiative. They go to a doctor. They say they have some condition or whatever it is. And one of them is chronic pain, which, frankly, it doesn't have to be debilitating. It just has to be chronic, which... If you're over 40, you've got chronic pain. I mean, that's just that's just a fact of life. And uh, you go into the doctor. You say you have some condition. They just give you a card. And you ask the doctor, well, what's the dosage? The doctor's going to say, well, I don't know. Well, what are the side effects? Can't tell you. 
Uh, what drug should I be careful taking with? Uh, don't know that either. Well, there are any conditions I have that might make uh, taking cannabis uh, a dangerous thing. I don't know that either. So the doctor, just because the literature is really pretty sparse, um, and doctors haven't really received any training, I can't tell you much anything. He just hands you a card. And then you take the card to a dispensary, and at the dispensary, you're subjected to a bud tender. Now, do you want to know how much medical training that bud tender has? I'm, I'm guessing none. The answer is none. Mm-hmm. No medical training. And the bud tender is the one who's telling you what, which uh, uh, you know strain to take. There's over 500 strains. Uh, it's whole plant. Uh, it's uh, it's completely unpredictable. There's uh, even within the same strain, you can get different uh, concentrations. I mean, they're giving you smokable bud. Now, I will say this, and this to me is is one of the 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 most deceptive parts of the initiative. You can get smokable bud, but it says, "Hey, don't smoke it." Now, I'm sorry, just between you and me, if a guy wants to smoke in his own house with smokable plant, which is legally available, there is not a thing in the world anybody can do to stop that. So it is a very phony prohibition. And so to me, it really is nothing more than a, a gateway initiative. And, and frankly, if you look at the backers of it, uh, Marijuana Policy Project, they clearly are pushing towards recreation. Every state where they get this kind of initiative passed, they immediately start working on the recreational side of it. So this is this is a recreational and a cheap, cheap paper lab coat. So you're saying this is, this is a gateway, this is a slippery slope kind of a thing. Oh, yeah, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, you're, mm. you're pretty much one foot off the cliff if this passes. Mm. Uh, proponents of the initiative are, are saying that they, they have tried to craft this very carefully with, with protections. They uh, say so, so you, uh, under the initiative... Uh, you apply for a medical cannabis card with the recommending physician in the physician's office, a, a set uh, number of enumerated illnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the enumerated illnesses include chronic pain, which basically opens the door to anybody. And uh, and so, again, you're back to nothing. Chronic pain is impossible to properly diagnose. It's impossible to disprove. And uh, so all you have to do is go on to your patient and say, hey, my toe hurts or my back hurts or my knees are sore every morning, bam, you, you got chronic pain, you're in. Hmm. And all you got to do then is find an unethical doctor to uh, uh, hand you out a card. I mean, this this is the doc in the box that they have had down in California for 20 years. What, uh, moving off the initiative um, just for now, what should, how should marijuana enter the, the medical system? What, uh, I guess you'd say that the bills that passed, right? Um, but mm-hmm. uh, plant, plant-based, plant should we extract the chemical? Uh, should we pills? What, what's best? Well, what's best is what science tells us is best. And the only way to make science work right is you need to have a consistent, repeatable kinds of dosing uh, that, uh, you know, that doctors can rely upon and trust. I mean, and the fact is, is you have no idea if something's working, if one day it has this level of THC or CBD or whatever, and the next day it has that level because it's from a different plant or different strain or anything like that. And so, yeah, you want to, and I don't know specifically, it could be pills, gel caps, could be uh, oils that you vape, I suppose. But the point is, is it needs to be consistent and repeatable. That's what medicine's all about. That's number one. And number two, it's after rigorous scientific research, testing, and study, which are a set of bills that uh, I've passed to Senator Vickers over the past couple of years to open the doorway to that so that when doctors do see a patient, they're not just handing them a card. They're saying, okay, this is the symptoms you have. Uh, these are the drug-to-drug interactions. These are the, this is the dosing you should be taking, and this is what to expect. And then the doctor is the one monitoring the patient, not just handing them a, a, a you know, a, a, a go get your free bud card and be done with it. So in my model, the doctor is actually the one monitoring the patient, not, not the bud tender. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, uh, you're hearing from constituents, or are you hearing any, any specific uh, stories you can tell me of, of uh, people who uh, say, well, marijuana or w- whatever based on marijuana is what is most effectively going to treat my condition, um, and therefore I I want it. I'll be in under controlled uh, circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've heard uh, a lot of them say the CBD or the CBD with a little bit of THC seems to work pretty well for them. They, they've, uh, there's some that have had uh, 
permanent seizures. They say if they take CBD, it helps. There's others that have migraines, and uh, they say the CBD has, has actually helped them become functional again. So I, I do believe there's a place for, uh, for cannabis in the, in the doctor's arsenal, and I do want to see that happen, and I do think we need to get there. So, yeah, I am hearing that kind of a thing. Now, as far as somebody who needs really high THC, honestly, I haven't heard too many of those. I, I mean, other than on places where I, I'm not sure, not people I know very well I've heard it from, but not very many. So mostly just the CBD and the low THC. We're talking with uh, Representative Brad Da. He's a Republican from Orem, and uh, he sponsored uh, two bills, which passed the legislature, and uh, uh, I think a, a co-sponsor, um, representative of Senate Bill 130, which also passed. Um, and he is an opponent of the initiative, which uh, perhaps may be on the ballot in uh, in November. Uh, we encourage you to call 800-826-1495 on this important topic, 800-826-1495. We're talking about medical marijuana. Uh, or you can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. And Aaron in Moab has called us. So glad you called. Go ahead with your question or comment. Uh, I, I really have more of a comment than an actual question. Uh, my wife suffers with rheumatoid arthritis, and, you know, it seems like a lot of the debate seems to be talking around THC and CBD. And honestly, the CBD does have a lot of beneficial uh, you know, uh, uses, but and also the THC for my wife, you know, helps her with a lot of the depression issues and a lot of the inflammation issues and, and the just simple pain management that comes with having a degenerative disease. And I think that trying to limit that is, is simply a way to try to put a plant into the big pharma chain and regulate it in a way that overcomplicates the simplicity of what it really is and how it really works. Uh, thanks for that, Aaron. Well, uh, stay on the line. We'll have a follow-up uh, if, if you want it. Uh, so Re- Representative Da, under Senate Bill 130, would uh, would Aaron's wife be able to, to, to get the help she needs, rheumatoid arthritis? Well, if there's a concoction out there that has a 10% THC in it, then if that would help, then of course you would. On the other hand, if that's not the case and there needs to be a higher level of THC, and of course I'm not in a position to say yay or nay to that, um, I, I would say that uh, we have uh, the doorway open if companies would like to do studies on rheumatoid arthritis and how it respond to a higher level of THC. That doorway is open, too. And I, I want to respond to this idea about a plant. People say the word plant, and somehow that means magically it's safe. And that's just, I'm sorry, but that, that's just ridiculous. Nightshade's a plant. Hemlock's a plant. There's all kinds of plants out there that are actually quite deadly. And the fact is, uh, THC has been known in many cases to cause some pretty serious harm. And so just because it comes from a plant, which of course heroin does and cocaine does as well, doesn't mean that it's magically safe. And so I do believe that we have a moral obligation to our constituents to recognize that there are benefits to cannabis, but there's also some downsides and we need to proceed with caution. Aaron, just to follow up, if, if I may, uh, and we have another caller waiting, um, I, I'm wondering, you, you mentioned, it sounds like, subtext of your question, I'll, I'll have you bring it forward if that's true, um, it, its availability is, is, a, is a big part of this, right? You, you, want, you want relief of, uh, yeah. more readily available for your wife. Well, it's not readily available in, in Utah, and, you know, even if you if you send this and and condense it and commercialize it and industrialize it, it becomes just another, I mean, if you've dealt with any kind of chronic illness, you realize that our insurance system is a massive conglomeration of regulations and paperwork, and they bury you in a mountain of mess. And so to try to even get a prescription you have to go through pre-qualifications. You have to try this prescription first. You, I mean, there's a whole series of hoops that you have to jump through, and you're just complicating and complicating, and all those things are just other issues that impede people who are ill from being able to get 
the medicines that they need to help them with the condition that they have. And also, I think that to compare heroin and cocaine in the same category as marijuana, when people have been using it for thousands of years, and you have very, very few side effects, and the side effects are nowhere near in comparison to what you have to some of those, uh, to heroin. I mean, people don't overdose and die from marijuana. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate your, your call. I'll get a response from Representative Don, and then we have another caller. Representative Don, well, what do you think? again, see here, we're trying to condemn the entire medical system and, and uh, doing all things and, and, and trying to say that uh, somehow uh, access to, to one type of medicine is going to fix all of that is, is again, beyond the pill. And the fact is Senate Bill 130 allows for over-the-counter cells of a, a CBD with a, up to 10% THC. Uh, no insurance, no uh, paperwork, no nothing. Just go get it. And and so that's available right now. And as to the other question, I mean, if you have an initiative where you have to go to a doctor, well, then you're back in that realm anyway, and this doesn't solve any of that. So I'm not really sure what Aaron's asking, but yeah. And, and all I'm really trying to say by when you say plant is makes it sound like it's safe. It's not. It has some very serious problems. Anyway, that's that's my thought on that. Okay, uh, we go next to uh, Mitch in Smithfield. Has uh, called us. Uh, glad you've called us, Mitch. Go ahead with your question or comment. Yeah, thank you. Uh, on the research part, uh, maybe there hasn't been any research done in Utah, but a good place to start would be Stanford University. There has been twelve thousand years of study, and in all the legal states, the studies have been done. We're not seeing problems in legal states. Uh, for myself, I would like him to, uh, Mr. Daw, to tell me the difference between recreational and marijuana. I am, uh, I have stage four cancer in my lungs. I've had two lung surgeries, and uh, I'm almost five years alive still. And you know, this is this is quite a. It was really close to my heart this issue, and uh, you know, with the CBDs. You actually do need the whole plant. The THC is a carrier. It carries the CBD so you don't end up with a gut full of CBDs. Uh, the difference between the bud tenders and the doctors is, no, the doctors refuse to have any, any knowledge. The bud tender is very knowledgeable. The bud tenders live in states where it is legal. They have done their research. They have looked at the state research. They've looked at the national research. They've looked at the world research. What is wrong? Uh, you know, so, you know, being four and a half years, almost five years with stage four cancer, am I not getting the benefits of the medical marijuana by doing it recreational? Because actually, I, I guess I am just doing it recreational. So uh, I'd like those questions answered, Mr. Dahl. Go first of all, Mitch, you would, uh, um, good luck with... Uh with with your condition there, uh, appreciate you sharing your experience. I represent Da. Well, that's uh, there's quite a lot of questions in there, but uh, obviously, uh, recreational means without uh, benefit of a doctor, you just go and get what you want and you're using it not for uh, any medicinal purpose, but for uh, you know to, to modify your mood in some way, form or fashion. I, I have to laugh when I hear about bud tenders doing research. I I'm sorry, but that's absolutely ludicrous. I, uh, I pulled up a web page of a bud tender in Colorado. Uh, her day starts by getting high. In fact, she calls it her wake and bake routine. Uh, she has uh, no medical background, no training whatsoever. And then at the end of the day, uh, she goes out drinking. And then at, at night, she takes a fat dab because it helps with the hangover. So in other words, you've got a person who's spending their entire waking uh, life uh, high. And she's the one handing out uh, both recreational and, and uh, medical because it's in Colorado. So the idea that bud tenders are doing research is is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, they may, some of the good ones might, but there's absolutely no requirement whatsoever. I also dispute the idea that doctors don't want to do this. I've worked with doctors. In fact, uh, Dr. Ed Redd, who is from your neck of the woods up there in Smithfield, is anxious to try this. Uh, he is ready to go. He wants to do the research. He wants to see if he can't help patients out. Uh, he's on a board that we created in the Department of Health, and it's, it's called the uh, Product Review Board, and their charge 
is not just to look at research coming out of Utah, but to look at research around the world. And so if there is a, 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 an effect on cancer, if there is an effect on MS, uh, they need to find the studies, the peer-reviewed studies, the ones that uh, are scientifically rigorous, and look at that. And their job is to present that to the legislature. And my goal in creating that committee was so that we can, in the state, see the science, understand the science, and, and make wise decisions based on that. So that's it. If the study's out there, if the science is out there, we will be presented with it. Mm. Uh, Mitch, does that answer your questions? <laughs> Sounds like we may have lost Mitch. Uh, thanks for thanks for calling. Appreciate that, Mitch. Uh, you can call 800-826-1495. We have, we have another five minutes or so with Representative Da. 800-826-1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. And uh, later in the program, we're going to, going to be talking with Michelle McCumber, uh, CEO of the Utah Medical Association. Uh, we have reached out to proponents of the initiative. We're not able to uh, get them on the program today, but we do encourage you to uh, call with whatever your point of view is. 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or upraxis at uh, gmail.com. I wonder, uh, moving off medical marijuana, if we, if we may just for a second, Representative Da, um, what do you see? We have neighboring states now that, that have some experience with recreational marijuana um, in Nevada, Colorado. What... Uh, uh, what do you think? Um, what do you think the lessons, to in your mind, have been? Well, we're seeing teen use go through uh, the roof in those states. We're seeing ER visits go up. We're seeing uh, a lot of traffic accidents. Accidents where people have uh, cannabis metabolites and no other apparent uh, reason for uh, their intoxication uh, in their in their bloodstream. Uh, we're seeing all kinds of problems. And so the notion that recreational just kind of uh, makes everything right is ridiculous. The other thing we're seeing is uh, uh, the black market, instead of uh, shrinking up and going away, is burgeoning. And so uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not a good scenario. Mm. And, and I think the lesson is we don't want recreational or anything even remotely like it. Mm. What do you think before, and we do have Mitch uh, who called us back, uh, what do you think the, uh, we know the polling uh, from utahpolicy.com, 77% of Utahns in that poll favored medical marijuana. Uh, I'm not sure, talking to constituents, uh, your finger on the pulse, what do you think the attitude would be on recreational marijuana? No, absolutely no way. Uh, I mean, in fact, that was in the the very admittedly unscientific poll that I did of my constituents in my district. I asked them the question, this way, okay, what, are, what is your response to marijuana? And the questions were, number one, I don't want anything to do with it. Number two, I want a carefully controlled program, uh, medical program. Number three, I want a more wide-open medical program with access to smokable bud. And then number four, I want full recreational. And, and when, when given those four choices, uh, I got 60-some-odd percent in the carefully controlled medical. I had about 10 in the nothing and about 10 in the recreational. In fact, ironically, the lowest response was the uh, uh, more wide-open medical with uh, access to smokable bud. So mm-hmm. that one, surprisingly, was, was like about 5%. Uh, Mitch, so I think uh, what that tells me is uh, they really do want to help people, but they don't want to do it in a way that opens the door to diversion and abuse. Mm. Uh, we do have Mitch back. We wanted to make sure you got your questions answered. We dropped you briefly, so I apologize for that. Uh, you're, you're back, I believe. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I dropped you. I didn't even hear the answer to the first part on the uh, rec- difference between recreational and medical. Yeah. But I'd like to know where Mr. Dog gets his facts, because in all the states that have legalized, opioid deaths are down by 25%. Teen addiction, is teen use is down in every state that has legalized the uh, the burgeoning black market is happening because we have to use the black market. We cannot get our medicine. We have to break the law to use our medicine. I have to break the law to save my life with medical marijuana or just marijuana in general. Put recreational in there too. I perform a miracle on a daily basis. I do not use in the mornings. I don't. You know that's a real flawed thing bringing up somebody that wakes and bakes and then drinks and then does a dab, are you comparing everybody in the state of Utah to that person in Colorado, that bud tender, 
most people who have serious illnesses use it when they need it. I think that's all I have to say. I'll try to okay. stay on the line this time. Uh, all right. Uh, uh, thank you, Mitch. Uh, appreciate your your uh, perspective. Uh, uh, Representative Don, any, any response you want to make to that? And then we'll one one of the great forward. lies of uh, this whole debate is that opioid use has gone down twenty five percent in states with with uh, uh, medical. That is actually not true. In fact, there was an article just out uh, of Colorado in the last week that says. Opioid overdose deaths are at a record high, a record high throughout all history. That is not a decrease. Now, what uh, what he is referencing is an article that has been completely twisted out of context. What the article actually says is those states with medical had a 25% decrease in the rate of increase of opioid deaths. And, in fact, in states that have medical marijuana, by and large, if you, took, if you take the states as a whole, even at the beginning and the end of that study, their rate of death from opioid overuse was higher than non-medical states. And so even though their, their rate of growth was decreasing, probably you know, for maybe a number of reasons that had nothing to do with cannabis, uh, they're still higher than in states with, uh, without uh, a medical marijuana plan. So, again, one of those things, if you once you kind of get behind the numbers and realize that there's been many, many lies told about that, my characterization of the butt tender in Colorado is to point out and underscore the fact, and it's in the Utah Initiative, there is zero medical training required of butt tenders. Zero. And here we have doctors that have to go through years and years and years of training to get their license, and yet the the person who actually is doing the dosing, the prescribing, the recommending, the whatever it is, no training. That, to me, is the height of irresponsibility. Uh, we appreciate Mitch uh, calling in. We just have a couple of minutes left with Representative Brad Dow. We're going to bring on after a break uh, Michelle McComber, CEO of the Utah Medical Association. We're talking about medical marijuana on the program today. Uh, so, Representative Dow, uh, looking forward now, um, I guess we no one knows for sure if the initiative is going to get on the ballot, and if it uh, if it is, will it pass? Uh, what's what's your best guess, and what, what do you do then? Well, my hope is the uh, one of the things that just happened is the LDS Church uh, just came out and essentially commended an article by the Utah Medical Association, which I hope you'll ask uh, Ms. McComber about, uh, essentially kind of pointed out that what I've said about the initiative, that it is uh, a very deceptive piece of legislation that opens the door and sets a path towards recreational, and, and there's very little that's medical about it. And so my hope is that uh, when people start actually looking at the initiative, they go, oh, that is not what I meant. That's not what I was thinking, and I'm very concerned about that. And I'm also hopefully appreciative of what the Utah legislature is doing right now. You know, that's my hope. I, I don't have a, a polling data on that, but that's the direction I'm going to pull in. All right. Well, we appreciate you taking time to be with us. Representative Brad Dow, Republican from Warham, he uh, sponsored uh, or co-sponsored several of the bills that passed on medical marijuana this past uh, legislative uh, session and is an opponent of the initiative that uh, they're trying to get on the, on the ballot. We're talking about medical marijuana today. And Representative Dow, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And uh, after break, we're going to bring on uh, Michelle McComber, uh, CEO of the Utah Medical Association. I've really appreciated perspectives from a couple of callers here. We want your perspective as well. Wherever you stand on this, would love to, to get your perspective. Uh, here's how you reach us, 800-826-1495, 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. More following this break. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and USU Wasserman Festival presenting pianist Kevin Kenner performing works by Chopin and Pederewski on Wednesday, April 11th at 7.30 p.m. in the Russell Wanless Performance Hall. Tickets at arts.usu.edu. Biological research coming to life at Utah State University. A number of snake species have evolved resistance to lethal toxins stored in the skin of toads, a favorite meal of the slithery reptiles. One might expect this mutation to be present only in snakes that actually eat the toads. 
Not so, says Utah State University biologist Shab Mohammadi, who led a global-scale survey of 100 snake species. She and colleagues found a wider range of snakes than expected have the ancestral mutation, even though they don't need it. This segment of Coming to Life is brought to you by the USU College of Science, offering degree programs in the sciences and mathematics. Details at usu.edu science. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking about medical marijuana in Utah today. The Utah Patients Coalition is leading a ballot initiative campaign in support of medical marijuana. They say that right now Utah patients battling cancer, seizures, and other uh, other conditions, um, life-threatening conditions, must break the law in order to relieve their pain and suffering. By passing the medical cannabis ballot initiative, Utah can end this cruel and unjust policy. Uh, A recent poll published by utahpolicy.com shows that 77% of Utahns favor access to medical marijuana, and it appears likely this measure might appear on the November ballot in Utah. I think just uh, they they had three. The initiative supporters had three Senate districts where they were a little short of... uh, of signatures, and they were furiously trying to uh, make up that ground by the April 15th deadline. Uh, we just heard from Representative Brad Daw, Republican from Orem. He was a sponsor on several bills uh, which passed the legislature, House Bill 195 and 197 and Senate Bill 130. And uh, we are talking about the issue today. We bring in now Michelle McCumber, CEO of the Utah Medical Association. Thanks for taking some time. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, so Utah Medical Association put out a statement in opposition to the initiative. Uh, what's, what are the objections of the Utah Medical Association? We have a number of objections to the initiative. Uh, the first one being the affirmative defense piece in the initiative. That allows for the first year and a half before the initiative goes into effect, um, it allows people to have possession, manufacture of marijuana, tetrahydrocannabinol, or marijuana drug paraphernalia, and not um, have any uh, um, any uh, law enforcement cannot go after them for that at all. And all they would have to say is, "I'm eligible for a medical cannabis card." Um, that right there brings recreational med- med- or recreational marijuana into the state of Utah. Um, so that's the first thing that really bothers us about this initiative. Second thing that bothers us about this initiative is um, physicians can't prescribe. They could recommend something, but they can't prescribe. It's against the law. It's against federal law. They would lose their DEA licenses. So to say that physicians could prescribe this, that is misleading um, patients out there. So what happens is that um, under this initiative, when it goes into effect, so July 1, 2020, um, if a physician did this, and by by the way, and on who physicians are too, so under this initiative, it would be dentists, it would be MDs, DOs, it would be nurse practitioners, it would be physician's assistants, it would also be podiatrists, and it would also be optometrists, those who do the eyeglasses and your contacts. Okay, so the way it's written, it would be all of them. So to say that these individuals could all do these qualifying illnesses is misleading again. So they could all recommend something. This person would then go to a dispensary, and the, the dispensary would give out what the product is. And it wouldn't even necessarily need to be whatever was recommended. Okay, so the dispensary would say, oh, here, I think you need this. Um, we're going to give you this product. The product is not limited in, t- in the THC amount that's in it. The age groups are not limited. It's from zero to whatever age group, so kids, et cetera, in there. That's very concerning to us. There are not a lot of limits. There are not a lot of parameters on um, in this initiative. If you break it, it's only a $100 fine for the person who's breaking the law, so um, the person who gets a product or what have you, and so they could do all sorts of things with that. Those things are concerning to us because that, in effect, is leading us towards recreational marijuana completely. The qualifying illnesses are very, very broad in this initiative. That concerns us. 
Um, you know, you need to show efficacy. So if a physician were to prescribe and be able to prescribe, you go through the process of saying, um, of the FDA process and um, an IRB showing what needs to be done, what doses the physician could prescribe, what the illness they would prescribe for, what patient they would prescribe for, et cetera. That's how we get medi medications. This doesn't have any of this in the initiative. All of those things are very concerning to us. We don't want to bring an illegal drug into the state of Utah and harm patients. So we're saying let's do this in a way that is um, safe for patients. Let's not do this in a way that is not safe for patients. This is not about um, intractable epilepsy. It is not about cannabidiol. Um, the state legislature already passed legislation for that. So to say um, that this is, to bring patients forward and say this is about intractable epilepsy, it is not, and it is not for the seizures. It is opening the door for all sorts of other things, all sorts of other products, and that's very concerning to us. So those are some of the things that, that really concern us. You know, um, in, in the states that have passed similar things, oh, and we have four ounces in this. Colorado, for instance, has one ounce, and we've seen in the states that have passed things like this, the black and gray markets um, go up for marijuana, and what happens it gets into the hands of children, gets into the hands of kids, even those that wouldn't be necessarily uh, get it through the process of a recommendation, for instance. And we've seen suicides go from 1 in 16 to 1 in 5, etc. These things are the things that are concerning. We've looked very carefully at this. We had legal analysis of this. We had physician analysis of this. We've had very careful analysis of this initiative, and it's very concerning to us. Um, I want to uh, let me give you have you make a st uh, any response you want on the LDS Church's uh, statement, and then I want to get into some specifics and uh, explore some areas. Uh, LDS Church essentially uh, cited Utah Medical Association in in their um, their statement. Right. So we saw um, the LDS Church statement, and we appreciate their coming out in support of our statement. Again, we um, did a full analysis of the initiative. I believe they also did a full analysis of the initiative and looked at the statement that we made and came out in support of that. And again, I think the issue is safe, um, safe and healthy communities in the state of Utah, safe families, safe kids, and that's what we're looking at. We obviously want to make sure that patients are safe. We want to make sure that if something is done in the state of Utah, it's done in the right way and it's done in the safe way. And that is what we are saying. So obviously we want um, patients to be taken care of, but we want it to be done in a way that they are safe. And this is not the way that they are safe. Just to reset the scene, we are previously we talked with Representative Brad Daw. He was a sponsor of several bills which did pass the legislature, including Senate Bill 130, um, and uh, we talked with him previously in the the hour. We're talking with Michelle McComber from Utah Medical Association um, on this half hour. We reached out to uh, to supporters of the initiative, and we're not able to uh, work it out to to book them for the program today. Um, and uh, so we would we any. T uh, position you have on this. We'd love to hear from you, and especially if you support the initiative. 800-826-1495 uh, is how you reach us, 800-826-1495, or upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at uh, gmail.com. Uh, I wonder, Michelle McComber, um, we heard earlier in the hour from a couple people who, uh, by their characterization, rely on marijuana to treat their 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 symptoms to, to treat their illnesses. Um, one uh, had rheumatoid arthritis. Maybe just to start there, uh, is that covered under uh, your understanding of uh, how, of Senate Bill One Thirty? Would uh, that person be okay at this point using well, again, medical marijuana? So, so again, um, Senate Bill One Thirty allows for um, going through the process of mainly through the process of research and what have you. So there are many research projects that are happening in the state of Utah and around the country. There are many things that are being opened up through that access point. Um, you know, we have anecdotal stories of how uh, things affect patients, right? We have anecdotal stories of many different things. 
the way that a research project starts actually is by patients maybe saying, hey, I, I, you know, something like this I think helps me. And that's how you start a research project. But then once you have that anecdotal story, then you need to then back it up with science. You don't just say this is now medicine, right? You need to back it up with science. You need to do the studies that show that that actually does um, affect whatever it is that they're trying to affect. So this particular illness, this particular issue. Um, we, get, we can't just say this is medicine based on something that somebody is doing. If somebody came up and said, uh, I, like to, I like to drink alcohol, right? This makes me feel better. This helps me with this. This helps me whatever. We don't call it medicine because somebody says that. You need to actually go through the process of determining that it is medicine. So that is how, you know, medicine comes into being. Mm. And if we didn't have that process, we would be back 200 years ago before we had a process of going, how do we determine medicine? You still have to know doses. You still have to know how those doses interact with other medications. Many, most of these patients are on numerous medications. You're not just on one medication. If you have some kind of disease that is a, a serious illness. So you need to know how those things interact. You need to know contraindications. You need to know all of these things that are happening. And, and so that is how you make something safe um, for patients. And so that is what we need to make sure that we are doing. There is some frustration that I've been hearing from the, the people who support the initiative, uh, supporters of uh, more expansive medical marijuana, who would take your point, yes, research needed, um, but who would say, uh, you know, how fast is that going to happen? The, the climate currently in the, in the federal government um, is it was kind of put a, putting a damper on, on research. There's some restrictions at the federal level. And so when, well, are, we, when are we get to get, going to get the research? Well, I think there's a lot of research happening. I think that's, that's being a, a little bit... Um, you know, pushing back on the other side of that, I think there is a lot of research happening. I think we do have cannabis-based medicines out there. I think what a lot of people on the other side are maybe saying is, I want the full plant marijuana. Um, and so the problem with that is you've got, and depending on who you talk to, right, over 400 um, cannabinoids within the, the plant. And you need to know how each of those affects a patient. And they're going to be different on the effect on the patient. So you need to be you need to be aware of how those affect a patient mm. um, and affect their illness. And if you don't know that, then that's when you get into trouble. Mm. So that's why you do have to have the research on each of those uh, pieces of a plant. We don't say, "Here's your foxglove leaf. Go use it." Right? We don't say that with any medication. No, we came up with a medication from that foxglove leaf. You know, we don't say, um, here's your mold, go use it. No, we came up with penicillin, etc. So we do need to have the science behind it. We do need to go through the research project or process to come up with the best medications for the patients and how they use them and for what medications. Um, do people self-medicate? Sure, but then we don't call it a medicine, and we don't say it's a physician prescribing it. We need to, we need to make sure that we are actually telling patients out there what's really going on, and what is really helping you with this. If you do a poll that says, okay, if you do a poll that says, do you support medical marijuana and a physician prescribing it to you and knowing what you're getting, and actually um, having the information about what they're prescribing to you and for what illness and et cetera, et cetera. You know what? We, we support that too. Mm. We would support that too. We are not mm. against cannabis-based medicines. We're not against medical cannabis in any way. But let's be clear about what the initiative is and what it means. What, uh, what's the standard then? What, uh, this needs to run through the FDA? What, uh, what, where, where, what's the point at which the Utah Medical Association would say uh, yes, that research, is, research is, is good? Let's proceed. 
So we are pushing for rescheduling of the substance. Right now it's a controlled one substance. So, one, you cannot prescribe a controlled one substance as a physician, as anybody who has a DEA license, by the way. Um, so, one, we would need, we we do want things to change. We we want this to be rescheduled to a, a Schedule two substance, not a Schedule one substance. That would help things speed along the process. We do want more research, which we are pushing for in the state of Utah, which we are seeing in the state of Utah. We do have cannabis-based medications. Um, Epidiolex is coming out this year, too. So we do want to see things happen, but let's do it in a careful way that we do know what the effect is on patients. Hmm. So, um, again... Let's be careful. Let's look at what's happening in other states, and there are many things that are happening in other states that are concerning. We don't want to do it in a way that is going to be harmful to our communities, to our kids, to our families, etc. We want to be very careful in what happens in, in bringing anything into the state of Utah. We want to have another public health crisis. Mm. Um, we already have a problem with opioids in the state of Utah, and we want to have a problem with addiction and marijuana in the state of Utah by doing this the wrong way. Uh, so uh, one more on, on this uh, part of it, anecdotal versus scientific, the, the, the risk of beating a dead horse. But this, this is very important to the, to the supporters of uh, more expansive um, availability of medical marijuana. Uh, taking your point that we need to run through the scientific process, and the scientific process has produced, uh, you know, great results. Um, but you hear some you know, results. So, some some res- results for for limited things. Uh, well, we're just talking for very limited things. Talking generally about you know you mentioned penicillin, you mentioned you know generally in medicine the scientific process has 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 done us well, um, and so you're advocating for okay let's run cannabis through scientific process and see where it's safe and where it's not. Um, but on the other side, and you you hear you know many examples. Um, uh, anecdote, powerful anecdotal examples. Well, the plant worked for me, right? Uh, many, many e- examples, um, and the the for that person, that's determinative, right? That's powerful. Well, again, anecdotal stories, and again, um, based on are there other medications that work for them? Is this something that they, you know, what did they use? I mean, we don't. Again, we don't know in what circumstances. We don't know all that information. We do know that the the way that we need to go about determining the medicine is in a scientific way, not through anecdotes. If somebody said to you, um, and we've heard this, by the way, <clears throat> medical LSD is the way to go, we, and we call it medical because this helps me. That doesn't make it medicine. So we are saying if we're doing this, do it in a safe way. Make sure that we're not harming people. And don't think that there isn't harm through this. There is harm through this. You know, the the cannabis that is grown today is much stronger and has a much higher THC content which is the contact, content that's the psychoactive content in the plant, than uh, a decade ago. Hmm. Um, if that doesn't do harm, and if people say that doesn't do harm, then they're fooling themselves. You know, children's developing brains are, is harmed by THC. Um, so if we think that we don't need to watch that, if we think that we don't need to see what we're doing and watch what we're doing on this, then we are fooling ourselves as a community. This is admittedly a hypothetical question because the initiative sponsors are not going to change their, their initiative, but uh, w- would there be any, could there be any narrowing you of the initiative? You can't change the initiative. No, you can't. So, so, so my yeah. question is, my question is, w- would there be any circumstance, w- would would could they drop any provision that would uh, gain the support of the Utah Medical Association? Narrowing would it have to narrow all the way up to the bills that that passed the legislature? Well, again, you can't change the initiative. Um, you know, I think we could all sit down and say, is there a way that we can 
do this in the right way, but again, we would need to do uh, we would need to do IRB process, go through scientific um, way to do this. But we also have, you know, in the state, we've said let's have UStar, let's have the University of Utah look at all of the um, science out there, see what is supported, see what is not supported for illnesses, et cetera, et cetera, and let's try to, you know, push through and push forward what is needed. Now, with that said, we also need a change in law that makes it okay. And so, you know, there are certain pieces that need to be pushed, that need to be um, changed, mm. right? So in order to make it so that a physician can prescribe, etc. So we need to work on multiple fronts, but in the right way, not in the wrong way. You know, the initiative was drafted by the Marijuana Policy Project. We have, we have proof of that. We are not just saying this. We have proof of that. Marijuana Policy Project's goal is to get marijuana in all 50 states. Um, they've stated that. Anyone can go to their, their website, can look at their, uh, what they want to do with that, and there is no doubt behind that. They want to make it like alcohol in all 50 states. That is not medical. Their goal is recreational. So, you know, there is an intent behind this. I'm not saying that the patients that want something have the same goal, but I'm saying that the group that drafted this, that is their goal. So, you know, we have, again, grave concerns with the initiative how it was drafted, what's in it, um, and what, uh, what the intent behind all, all of this is. You know, you can go to the initiative itself. It doesn't say this is cannabidiol. People think it is cannabidiol. It says on page 23, cannabis means marijuana, period. It does not limit THC. It does not limit anything. It does not limit age groups, etc. You know, an individual who violates the section is guilty of an infraction, is subject to a $100 fine. Well, big deal. Um, the things in here are very concerning. It is, it, is, it is wide open in so many aspects, in so many ways. Department of Agriculture, de uh, Law Enforcement, um, Department of Health, all of them have looked at it and given us their take on concerns in the bill. It wasn't just the Utah Medical Association. We got together with all of them and asked them what their concerns were in the bill. Well, we'll have so. to. We're, we're running out of time here. We will have to end it. Uh, end it there. Uh, Michelle McCumber, CEO of the Utah Medical Association, has joined us. Thanks so much for taking time to be with us. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. And earlier in the hour, uh, take care. Yes, thank you. Uh, Representative Brad Daw, Republican from Morham, uh, joined us as well. And we thank very much Aaron and Moab and Mitch and Smithfield for lending their perspective uh, to this uh, topic. Keep the comments coming to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. And thanks for listening today. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. Heard on KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan. Also heard online at upr.org.